I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to the FT Money Show, brought to you by Investors Chronicle and FT Money. Hello and welcome to the FT Money Show. In this week's programme, the dash to cash, why fund managers and private investors are putting cash on deposit in spite of this week's interest rate cut. Who should you trust to invest your money, a human or a computer? Social networking for the super rich? Is it more like Facebook or checkbook? And we have some good news and bad news for pension investors. I'm Matthew Vincent from FT Money, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form uh, with my colleagues uh, Dan Thomas. Hello. And Steve Lodge, who's back this week. Hello. Good to see you both. Let's start then with the news of this week's interest rate cuts. Not widely predicted, certainly not predicted by me, um, and it comes at a time when you know, both private investors and fund managers have been looking to move out of riskier assets and into cash. Steve, um, do you think that this will make cash deposits less attractive? Difficult to say, Matthew. Um, there has been something of a credit squeeze dividend for savers. Anything up to about 0.5% rates have improved when base rates have been flat since the summer. Um, now, of course, we've lost a quarter point on the base rate. So even if savings rates fall back by that quarter point, then conceptually you're still up. I think fundamentally uh, the fact is that investors are looking to move to defensive positions from risky positions. Whatever the rate they'll get in bank accounts or, or in, in, in whatever money market uh, funds they're going to choose, they're not particularly looking for a high rate as much as to stop losses from potentially riskier areas such as equities. So it's, it's very much the, the safety net approach. And I, I suppose we've, uh, we've seen this week several fund managers talking about moving into cash. I think Schroders have been talking about it. Norwich Union have launched a, uh, a cash fund. Um, yeah. Is this going to be is this going to be a growing trend? Do you think? I, th- I think it is at the moment. Uh, I think partly because of the uncertainty of next year. Really, two thousand and eight is. is widely perceived to be at best very volatile and at worst uh, to be to be pretty terrible for equities. And so you are seeing big fund managers move allocations into defensive positions. Where they can do, they're moving into cash, which, which gives a you know, guaranteed return over a longer period. Uh, and where they can't, they're moving into defensive stocks it's, uh, or, or bonds or gilts, which on most people's uh, uh, view aren't actually particularly attractive at the moment, but they do just give guaranteed returns, which is what people want coming into a year of uncertainty. Well, I think your point about guaranteed returns is a, is a good one because, um, Steve, obviously, um, if you're a saver looking to you know, move your own money into an account, some of the variable rate accounts were looking quite attractive before the interest rate cut. Um, now fixed rates some high fixed rates, could become a better bet. Yes. Um, I mean, we've had fixed rates this week at up to 7%. Difficult to know how long they'll hang around, whether they'll even survive the latest base rate cut. But the highest 
variable rate instant access account, ignoring the base rate cut, was 6.6 this week. So compared with fixed rates of 7, so say you knock your quarter point off that 6.6, you're down to 6.35, you're potentially increasing that margin. And yes, fixed rates may indeed be more attractive, and especially going forward with the expectation of a further rate cut sometime next year, or at least a further rate cut. Exactly, and your fixed rate for a year, and I think the 7% interest rates we've seen have been on one year sort of fixed bonds, Yes, uh, if you want that absolute certainty. Also some very attractive short-term rates as well, which may tap into people's desire to be out of the markets perhaps for six months. Similar bonds paying 6.8, 6.9, annualised for three months, locking you in for three months or six months. So they could actually allow you to lock into that certainty of return for now, um, but still be able to get your money out, say, early summer next year mm. to get back into the markets. I, do, I, do, I think it's an important point, really, because I don't think anyone's suggesting that moving into a cash position is, is a long-term investment strategy. I mean, you're effectively hiding your money under the mattress, as, as people always say. And people will want to sort of move allocations when things get clearer in the summertime, perhaps, maybe going towards the end of next year. So these flexible, shorter-term fixed-rate accounts uh, could be the way to go, and you can make your decision again Um, in the summer. Yes, well, I mean, that's been the traditional catch, if you like, of fixed-rate bonds. Fixed-rate bonds are a minority activity for exactly the reason that most of us just don't know when we'll need our money um, and certainly don't want to lock away our money for a year. Three, six months is fine. One year, some fixed-rate bonds, of course, move up to as far as five years, but then actually you're seeing rates come down quite a lot. But a short-term fixed-rate keeps your options open and earns you a tidy rate of interest in in the meantime. Well, uh, thank you both uh, very much for that. And you can read full coverage of this, of uh, of the latest interest uh, rates and also what's happening among the fund managers in FT Money in the Weekend FT on the 8th of December and also on the website at ft.com forward slash money. Remember, too, that you can send in your financial questions for us to answer by emailing us at ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. Still to come in the programme, the new social and investing network for the wealthy, and we have some good news and bad news on self-invested personal pensions. But first, computer-driven investment funds. Back in August, quantitative hedge funds, or quants as they're known uh, to people like me who can't say quantitative, as I've just proved, uh, got caught out uh, by the volatility in the stock market. That was because the computer programmes that they used to identify investment opportunities just couldn't compute the market conditions. So does this prove then that computers can't do the job of a human fund manager? Or have these quant funds made a recovery in the intervening months? Dan, this is a a question that a number of investors would like the answer to, and this is something that you've been um, looking at this very week. I went actually to see uh, uh, Rob Burdett at uh, the Thames River, the head of multi-manager there, to ask his views. Well, I think any investor who's looking at the stock market tends to look at the past. And I guess quant funds do that in the most formal way possible. Academics will look for uh, past correlations where perhaps some value can be added against an otherwise efficient stock market. Uh, And then they will try to uh, develop a system to capture those uh, opportunities in the future. And so so in practice, how does that work? Is there a machine which they'll build or a model they'll create to do this? (laughs) No, I think... um, Uh, The most popular systems in recent years have tended to centre around analyst earnings estimates. These systems tend to be linked into uh, sort of 
further analysis of human behaviour. And uh, these are the, I suppose, the, the two main foundations of most systems that are used today. So what are the advantages of the system compared to a sort of a, an actively managed fund? I think those managers that do pursue a quant philosophy will tend to say that they have less business risk because they have a system that is, uh, once it's set up anyway, is run without staff or managers. They will point to back-tested performance, which they expect to repeat in the future. They may feel they can show a clear process, although clearly the number crunching behind it is anything but simple. These tend to be the kind of things that companies offering quant funds would point to, I think. And in the summertime particularly, I think they got a lot of um, stick for, for, for the volatility within the market in August, the hedge funds at least did. Is this pointing to any drawbacks within the model of, of, of quant funds, do you think? Yeah, I think all quant funds by their nature have to be based on backward-looking data. And we hear talk of anything up to a 25 standard deviation events that were occurring in that time. Uh, but of course any large move in the past simply becomes part of the past and that's what will happen with these events but the systems will have flaws, they're not perfect and I think particularly in the hedge fund world uh, we're focusing on the on small incremental gains and then gearing up against those gains and some of these systems were focusing on the difference between bond yields, between credit and government bonds and this is where a relationship that broke down I dramatically yeah. and if you're geared into that it's even more dramatic in your, your, your fails performance. And from, from your own fund's point of view, I mean, do you have any court funds within your, your, your portfolios? I think our, our general philosophy is that we believe in the notion that people make a difference in the stock market. And that could be people who have designed a quant system that works very well. But we would certainly want to see that the person who instigated the system is still there in a hands-on mm role is developing the system as time goes by because I think uh, the tendency is for these systems to be left as they were when they started because this is how they've been sold to investors Mm. and I think that companies tend to feel there will be a a loss of confidence if they change their system radically. I'd I'd rather these things were developed uh, if they are used and I have to say at the moment our preference would be for what I would loosely term quant light Things like Artemis have a number of funds using their smart guard process, which I can give you, it's a long-winded acronym, mm. but it's basically, it takes earnings revisions uh, and various other factors and weights them as well, depending on their historic importance, as a way of filtering stocks down and then a common sense uh, philosophy is applied on top. Uh, so it's a process of sort of replacing regular contact with uh, the management of the companies they're investing in with a, a more methodical approach. That was Rob Burdett at Thames River. And look out for Dan's article on quant funds in the weekend FT and on ft.com forward slash money on the 8th of December. Coming up, we have some good news and bad news for pension investors. Before that, though, peer-to-peer networking for some really rather wealthy peers. We're joined now by Ellen Kelleher from FT Money. And, uh, Ellen, uh, this week you've been infiltrating, or at least talking to, a, a brand-new network of very wealthy individuals that's setting up over here in the UK. So I suppose the question is, uh, how do the other half live? Oh, they live very well, Matthew. This week I went to visit Dr. Francis Clausens, a Dutchman whose latest brainchild is peer-to-peer networking, as you said. The goal is 
by hosting these networking forums, uh, it will encourage the uber-wealthy of London to trade secrets about their hedge fund strategies and property portfolios. And the hope is that everyone will be able to gain a bit more intelligence about uh, what their neighbors are doing. The London Wealth Peer Group is a group of high net worth individuals. And we come together to compare notes on how we manage our wealth. And the advantage of that is that until now in London, there is no group that allows you to compare notes between individuals. You can go to different banks and they can offer you different prices for services, but there is no group that has in its program to really compare notes on how you do your banking, on how uh, you arrange uh, things like trusts or charitable giving. What do you expect some of the top issues wealthy people in London are concerned about? Well, investing is always a top issue because things come and go. You're never done. An investment uh, that uh, you entered into five years ago may end uh, its life right now. So cash becomes available, you have to reinvest. So that is the main and continuing uh, issue. Uh, Then there will be tax issues, there will be legal issues, there will be charitable issues, there will be issues about uh, handing over uh, the family wealth to the children. Those are some of the main topics uh, that we would discuss. But uh, I lead by following, which means that when we have our first meetings, I ask the group, what are our issues? And sometimes the issues are totally not what you think they are. I just come from setting up a peer group in uh, the Philippines, and uh, we were going to have a meeting about uh, the healthcare in that area because we were worried about that. Turned out that the healthcare was an issue, but the bigger issue was that out of the 30 people present, only four had an insurance they were happy with and the others couldn't get an insurance as foreigners in the Philippines that covered what they wanted covered. So the four of us that did have insurance, and with the tips from others, we soon had a little database of five providers, and everybody was insured. This was an issue I didn't suspect would ever come up, but when you listen to the group, you see these things do come up. What have you gotten out of the program over all these years? Many things. To begin with, I got my present investment style from a tip that started from another peer member. I saved costs, and I saved costs for others. Give you an example. In Belgium, you can give tax-free to family in Holland. But you have to do it the right way. So I asked Coopers and Librand to give me a report and tell me exactly what the hoopla's were. They wrote this report, but because we were all in exactly the same tax situation, all I had to do was copy it 25 times, and we all had a good tax advice that was valid for all of us. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Klassens. When is your first meeting? The first meeting uh, will be on the 12th of December, 
and we will continue on the second Wednesday of every month, right here at Bank Safra. But people cannot just show up, they have to become a member first. Nobody can come in without being screened as a member first. So how should they get in contact with you if they are interested in becoming a member? I would urge them to first go to the website www.wealthpeergroup.com, carefully read if it's for them, and uh, if that's the case, they can contact me by calling me or emailing me. My details are in there. Intriguing stuff by the sounds of it, and uh, also quite mysterious. Um, what I'm wondering now is, uh, is, is how does one get into this network? What do, you need to, what do you need to have in terms of assets? Well, Matthew, I'm not sure if you would qualify. Uh, you would I, have I most to definitely have, wouldn't qualify. <laughs> you'd have to have at least £5 million pounds in assets, oh, nearly, um, and that nearly. would just be for the first tier of the club. And then there's a second tier, which starts at £25 million, and a third tier, which starts at £50 million. Pounds. So, uh, as you can see, this is a, quite a Sort of a exclusive. selective group, yeah. an exclusive group, yes. Well, yes, and I suppose if you if you make it into the five million tier, you're probably not allowed to talk to the people in the no, in the no. fifty million. How do you prove tier. as well? Well, yeah. that's a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah. How, um, do they sort of vet? prospective members? Well, Dr. Clausen's arrange, arranges private meetings with prospective members to sort of assess whether they should qualify to attend these meetings. Um, and they have to sign legal documents saying that they have X amount in, in assets. He also reserves the right to request proof that they have the money in their bank accounts. My goodness, so you, you could end up being um, interrogated by Dr. Clausen's about your... You could, you could, yes. <laughs> now, I'm sure he's doing it for the, for the best possible reasons. I mean, do you, do you think this is going to be a, a sort of very exclusive club where people just hand over tips about, you know, uh, this investment's coming up or there's this private equity deal that I can get you in on? Is it that sort of thing? Yes, I, I think it, it will be sort of structured that way and there will be speakers that come who obviously have an ulterior motive in the sense that they are likely to try to get club members to sign up for some of their financial pro- deals. I imagine it, is. it could be a paradise for financial advisors, brokers, um, Bentley salesman, uh, anything quite, like this. Quite. Although I can see an advantage if you could swap stories of your private banking experience. I mean, the whole private banking world can be quite murky in terms of charges. You know, and this whole never mind the cost, feel the quality kind of sense mm. of that world. But if you could meet other people and tell them, you know, how much are you being charged and all the rest of it. Well, that's what Dr. Clausen's actually said. He had asked one private bank for how much, you know, would it cost to manage my portfolio and the bank's response was, you know, £350,000 a year. And then he found out through one of his groups that another bank was offering the same services for £70,000. So, yes, there is a huge disparity in the, the world of the wealthy when it comes to private banks. Was Dr. Classen really charged £350,000? It must be a huge portfolio. <laughs> it must be. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he, he certainly qualifies for his own network by the, by the sounds of it. Not sure if uh, we need to get hold of application forms just as yet. So, <laughs> um, and you can find out more uh, if, if, if you qualify for this particular network in um, Ellen's article, which will be in FT Money and online on the 8th of December. And finally today, it's time for good news, bad news. Steve, uh, tell us the good news first. The good news, the seasonal ho-ho-ho, Matthew, is the SIP 
self-invested personal pension market is becoming more competitive. Fidelity has got a new SIP, which it slightly confusingly calls it personal, Fidelity Personal Pension, that is a no-cost pensions wrapper that you can buy any number of about a thousand funds at basically no initial charge, no cost for the pension within that SIP. That sounds extremely good. I mean, is that, is that quite rare, a no-charge SIP? Well, the, the good news is it's part of a general trend towards more competitive SIPs, more competitive pensions. It's not a bad offer, but there are better ones oh. of the kind. And the other catch, if you like, in all this is by SIP standards. Remember, SIPs are meant to be these kind of do-anything, do-it-yourself pensions. This one is quite restrictive. So even though you can invest in about a 1,000 funds, you can't buy shares in it, for example. You can't buy investment trusts. Um, these are just open-ended funds. Um, you can't even buy property. Uh, can't even buy property. <laughs> uh, can't, you, can't, you, you can't invest in some of the other assets that many people have looked to SIPs for. And if you do just want to invest in open-ended funds, you know, unit trusts and the rather ghastly named OICs, open-ended investment companies, then there are better deals around. I mean, other ones that might be worth considering are Hargreaves Lansdowne. They have a Vantage SIP. And if you're more a shares investment trust man, Alliance Trust. Because we, t- we were talking about this um, uh, in last week's uh, FT Money show about the difference between a full SIP and a low-cost SIP. So the, the Fidelity new no-charge SIP is obviously a low-cost one, yep. and you can't hold those other types of assets that are, that are full SIP that would enable you to... For- Exactly. Commercial property, you know, commercial property, business yes. premises, that sort of thing. That sort yeah. of thing. But if you want yeah. something plain, simple, just some funds, very good value. By the this is plain vanilla. And yes, I mean, another way of looking at it is forget calling it a SIP. Just say this is a cheap pension. So compared with stakeholder pensions, which some people will have heard of, some people may have invested in, aimed at the low paid, but were increasingly bought by investors as a low cost form of personal pension with perhaps 20 funds. This no cost thousand funds and fidelity for example gives the example of you could buy its own index fund pay a total annual charge of just 0.3 percent 30 basis points in the jargon and that's the only charge you would pay for that index tracking exposure 0.3 percent for for your pension that sounds very good indeed and i believe you've made it your deal of the week indeed and if you want to read about that have a look at ft money uh, and ft.com forward slash money on the 8th of december And that's all we have time for in this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you can email your views and your questions to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. And we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from all of the FT Money team and it's goodbye from our podcast producers, Blue Barracuda. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. 
And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.